0: Welcome back to Maury's Music. My name is Maury Roach. And I'm Spoon Phillips. And we have a lot to talk about. What's up, Spoon? Um, well, right now,
1: a Victorian era ceiling that um, probably could use uh, repainted, but I'm not going to move all the stuff out of this room to do that. Oh, I'm sorry. You're talking about me.
0: <laughs> I think I got it, but just in case, tell me the whole thing again. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Man, you are quick on the draw. And we're off to a great start. It's so good to see you, Spoon, or I should say hear you. And I think today's topic is going to be very interesting because our friend Bob on Facebook asked us to talk about why would you buy a small body guitar? So first of all, thank you very much, Bob, for the suggestion. And we should remind you right off the bat here, if there's something you want to hear us talk about, please don't be shy. Let us know on Facebook, YouTube, or support at Mari'sMusic.com. Once in a while we're going to come up with a really strange idea for a show and that's only because you guys aren't telling us what to do often enough. (laughs) Thanks Bob, appreciate it. So I guess before we talk about why you should buy a small body guitar, you and I should probably agree what is a small body guitar and where's the cutoff. because I wouldn't be surprised if some of our listeners think a certain guitar is a small body and other listeners don't think it's very small. When I think about Martin guitars, I think the big body guitars are the Dreadnoughts and the Jumbos. And then you can probably get some different answers depending on who you would ask. Let me ask you, Spoon, when you think of the small body guitars, which guitars are in that collective?
1: Well, I think it's really a matter of perspective. I have often said over the years on the internet um, that when people refer to an OM as a small body guitar, I would immediately say, the OM's not a small body guitar the OM fills up a room. Uh, all you have to do is listen to Mari Rich to know how you can do anything on an OM that you could do on a dreadnought. However, I understand that people who are only used to the dreadnoughts and jumbos, and super jumbos of the world, um, and grand jumbos and so forth. And you switch to an OM, it, it definitely feels a lot smaller. So um and just above that, you have the M's, the grand auditoriums, or the quadruple O's, as they call them too. And so, I, I think that's kind of the watershed because because that's a wide, uh, that's a sixteen inch wide top and back. So I can't conceive of those um, as qualifying as small, but they have the same depth as the O M and triple O and double O. So Again, if you're only used to uh, the deep-bodied guitars, then you would have to say, you know, that's maybe the the borderline when you get to the M's. We haven't even mentioned the grand uh, the uh, grand performance guitars, and those I think Martin has always considered those large-bodied guitars. They're deep; they have a deeper body than uh, the triple O um, O M and M. And, um, and a pretty wide top. So I know Martin has, uh, has always considered those, uh, like when they would uh, do their pickups and stuff like that over the years, the exact pickup configuration that they do for the jumbo and the dreadnought, they also do for the grand performances. So you have to consider the GPC um, as a large body guitar.
0: So for today, for the sake of the conversation, we'll call the O, double O, and triple O small body guitars or do you think we should cut it off somewhere else
1: Well, i think we can begin with that i think we can just really look at this in terms of again perspective i think the real question is why would a guitarist want a guitar that's smaller than what they're used to playing and and, but we can also go smaller than the o's and so that's it that's will be part of this conversation Um, the overview of this i think is is for, uh, you want a smaller guitar for how it feels, physical comfort. You want a smaller guitar for, because they're easy, easier to transport in a travel sense. And, um, and you want a smaller guitar because it can be a more intimate experience in terms of what it sounds like and the kind of playing it makes you do, and it, and you want a smaller guitar because um, it's going to have less bass response and be more have a uh, be more balanced across the string. So all of that is connected in this. Um, Which smaller guitar? That's something else we can look into. Now the O size, if we're looking at what they consider the, a full sized acoustic guitar, the O size used to be the biggest size Martin made in the 1800s when they came out with the O. It was considered large enough. Listen, we're, still back. we're talking about 12 fret guitars here, which offer a little more bass response and a little more volume than their 14 fret counterpart. But the O guitar, the size zero, was called the concert model because it was considered large enough to give a public concert in the era before amplification, electronic amplification. So from a dreadnought player standpoint, the the O seems almost like a toy if you're not used to guitars that size, but they're still, they still put out a great deal of sound. Uh, one thing that that throws people off, again, modern guitar players are used to acoustic guitars with a lot of bass, because even with small guitars, when you plug them in, you can turn up the bass. So the O has the least amount of bass response from of the uh, full-size guitars. And, Mari, how often do you sell a 14
0: fret O? Really not that often at all. Most of our customers who take the time to ask us questions before they buy want to ask us which guitar is more versatile. It's not uncommon for somebody to give us a call and tell us they're looking at a 0018, for example, and they might ask me, why should I consider that? Should I go down to the 018? Should I go to a triple O eighteen? 018? And most of the time we talk to our customers and have that conversation, it's not very often at all that a customer has a very specific use case and is only going to be playing one kind of music on a guitar. I think the more that people call us and talk about this, the more they admit they want to be able to do several things. And it's typical that somebody wants to buy a guitar mostly for finger style but also to do some strumming and that conversation normally takes us out of saying go to the smallest guitar and if you can get into the situation where you can choose between double O O or triple O many of those customers end up going with the double O or the triple O because they want something a little bit versatile that's not to say that some customers who know what they want always go with those guitars. Many of our customers just want an 018 and they either call us and buy it or they just use the website to buy it. So it's a little bit of a tricky answer. I have to think many of our customers who have really specific use cases don't necessarily call for the advice because they know what they want and they can simply just, you know, they know they're gonna get a guitar from us that's clean, it's unplayed by anyone else and they don't necessarily need my advice. But I don't sell 14th fret O's Nearly as often as uh, the, the slightly bigger guitars, and not even close to the number of guitars we sell that are bigger. But for today's conversation, the answer is not very many.
1: Well, I would think, um, I would think not actually. Uh, for for people uh, your age and my age and younger, for most of our uh, guitar playing life, Martin didn't even offer uh, a fourteen fret o and uh that you know that they, they came back relatively recently and they were basically didn't offer 40 for a double o's for a long time too until the uh the double o eighteen 18 v which was an extremely successful guitar but to stay with the o's for a moment i think some people want like the having that little guitar but still feel like they're playing a full-size guitar um, they don't want to go down to the sort of mini guitars that Ed Sheeran plays, for example, and they usually already have larger guitars, so they're looking for a small-bodied guitar for that's easy to play on the sofa, that's easy to fit in a crowded SUV that you're taking on vacation, and so forth. And um, between the smaller body and the short-scale neck, that's it's a very comfortable, compact guitar. Uh, somebody who's really big, got really big hands may find them a little too small and other people will find them too small in terms of um, bass response. But really, if you play that one of those guitars for 30 minutes, your ears adjust to it and you do realize that the strings are, sound quite balanced and you can definitely hear the bottom E string and, and all that. And the double O and triple O and single O, they're not that different from each other. Uh, they're just a little bit wider. The sound hole is a tiny bit bigger. So you can definitely see somebody, particularly uh, when Mari's music has their new showroom open, uh, once they can uh, get the contractors to complete all that stuff and somebody can come in and then comfortably sit down and actually play an O-18 and a double O-18 and a triple O-18 side-by-side, I would be very curious to see uh, how many people uh, choose the O. And then another thing that we haven't really brought up is the actual, I mentioned guitarists with large hands, uh, petite guitarists may find the O uh, the way to go and uh, may find that the most comfortable and, and really feel like that really fits them I can't remember any artists off the top of my head, um, but I know there were some indie artists, smaller women, that um, the 015s started showing up, vintage 015s started showing up in the hands of some of the uh, modern singer-songwriters in in, in the past decade or so. And um,
0: was that your stomach? Yes. That's the joys of taping this program during lunchtime.
1: I'm glad to hear that. Um, okay. So to move up to the 00, I mentioned the 0018V in the old vintage series and and what a, a popular guitar that was because for most people, certainly everybody I knew that were basic uh, you know, players used to modern guitars and weren't a, around a lot of vintage guitars it was the first 14 fret double o they'd ever seen and everybody just assumed it was good to sound a, a, like a much smaller guitar than it actually is and the short scale neck with a slightly smaller body slightly shorter body so the that short scale neck the frets are even a little bit closer to your Torso, it's just a very comfortable playing experience and puts out plenty of sound. And again, once your ears adjust, puts out plenty of uh, bottom end. Um, You know, it's not, you know, it's not going to sound like a D18 by any stretch of the imagination. And that's what you're used to. You're at first, your ears are going to really miss the bass. But still, you know, truly full-size guitar. Uh, They called that the grand concert when the old 12 fret double O was. uh, officially added to the catalog in 1876, I think, um, or maybe it was 1867. Uh, Modern scholarship has shown that they were actually making the double O size uh, much earlier than that. Uh, probably only as uh, custom orders when people would write them saying, "Can you make me a bigger guitar than than the, your biggest guitar?" So they, I think, they've discovered a double O from the 1840s, even um, certainly the 1850s. But anyway, um, the 14 fret double O showed up in the 1930s, of course, when they converted everything to 14 fret guitars. Um, should point out that everybody knows about the famous OM orchestra models being the 14 fret guitars that, that revolutionized the modern flat top st- steel string guitar. A lot of people don't know that Martin also offered orchestra model style 14 fret design in the O size uh, right away as well, but a lot of people you know, are not aware of that fact that there there was some uh, 14 fret O's made all the way back to the very beginning of the 14 fret era. Um, but the 14, the 14 fret 00 showed up in 1934. And um, interestingly enough, uh, one guitar that they almost never made in a 14 fret O was the 0028, almost none were made until the modern 0028 was released in the, in the 21st century. Um, I thought that was pretty fascinating that they basically you could get double o, you could get 12 fret double o 21s and 14 fret double o 18s, but they just never really added a double o 28 to the to the catalog. So that's kind of a modern guitar, really, which is ironic since it's small and and we've only recently gotten back to small guitars. But um, I think they're very successful models. Again, why would somebody pick a double o over an o? because it's a little bigger voice and a little more projection and a little more bottom and oomph. But why would you pick a double O over a triple O? That's going to depend on the person. Again, physical comfort. Um, that guitar just really speaks to you. Maybe you prefer the balance of those six strings over the triple O, but again, short scale neck, it's uh, slightly closer to the body for a double O than a triple O. Triple O is a little wider at the base bout. So there might be some people that find the double O more comfortable to play sitting down. I think a lot of that stuff goes, kind of goes out the window when you're standing up playing with a strap. I think that's a great equalizer for guitars, but the triple O is where you get into the auditorium size. So they had the concert size. Then you had the grand concert size, and then you have the auditorium size. So the, that was, it's hard to the modern mind to imagine somebody playing a 12 fret triple O let's say Carnegie hall without microphones. But that was, you know, I guess people just learned to shut up and listen <laughs> and in a, in an acoustic, you know, a good acoustic hall to, to hear somebody playing uh, a guitar of that size. Ladies and gentlemen, stop what you're doing and listen. <laughs> exactly. But then you get into, uh, Get in the difference again, the 12 fret and the 14 fret. The 12 fret Triple O is a long scale guitar. They were always long scale guitars. And they're bigger sound chamber, more cubic space inside the sound chamber, bigger bass. And it's one of the reasons the Triple O 15 SM has been a, you know, was such a good seller for such a long time. And um, uh, when you go to the, tw- the 14 fret, you get a different kind of sound. It's less woofy or tubby or however you might want it. it's less thick and throaty, but still has good bass response. And now you're starting to get into an A string. And once you get up to the triple O, that's when you start getting into the A string and the E string starting to dominate and give you your own little private bass player. And then you go long scale on the triple O up into the O M and some people know there's been plenty of long scale guitars stamped with triple O, but the OMS typically had lighter bracing, always had scallop bracing, where the triple O's didn't have scallop bracing for much of their history. And the OM with a longer scale neck gives you more attention to that is inject in and more energy injected into that top. So you get uh, it's what I, but my ear hears is a wider, more room filling projection and expansive voice where the triple O is more straightforward and more bunched together and punchier. So that's kind of the spectrum of what I consider the full size smaller guitars. And I think bass is very seductive. I think most people, even if they don't own dreadnoughts and jumbos because they don't like The way they have to really reach around them and they're uncomfortable for some people to play when they're at a guitar store and they play them there's a lot of wow factor to those big cannons and same thing with the grand performance uh which the the gpc's have their own special sound um as do the m's but i think a lot of people a lot of people who buy small guitars already have a big guitar and some of them want something similar but smaller and some some people want something as different as possible which is one more reason why some people go all the way down to the o it is as literally as far away from from their dreadnought or jumbo as they're going to get and still have you know standard series or modern deluxe series level construction and quality
0: do you really feel like it might be a stereotype but is it fair to say most finger pickers would want to go to a smaller body and those people that want to go to an o or a double o probably aren't going to do a lot with a pick or is that unfair to say
1: i would say it is the common opinion that uh, finger stylists want a little more want more balance across the strings especially if they're coming from a classical background of any sort and a lot of them like the short scale for a couple of reasons, the frets are a little closer together, and you get more bend out of the strings. But at the same time, people who flat pick and play lead guitar, like short scale guitars for the same reason, like Eric Clapton, you can get with light strings, you can get a full, you know, uh, maybe not as, as uh, serious a bend as you can get out of some electric guitars with ultra light strings, but you can get a full step bend out of a triple O or double O or, or O with light gauge str- strings on them. And um, it's harder to do much harder to, to achieve that on a OM and uh, or an M or anything else with a long scale neck. I don't really buy that because I play both. And I grew up with, you know, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, and Neil Young who were all playing Martin Dreadnoughts and all finger picking. though Crosby always did the, what do they call that? The, hybrid picking where you pick with a with a pick and your you know ring and middle finger and yeah. um and steven's you know does that team steven stills does less true travis style what we consider the merle travis style finger picking but always playing you know he was a big dreadnought fan um, and 12 fret triple o's as well but but he's really known for playing his d45s leo Kotke played a taylor 510 and i and then his signature model was a jumbo you know, so there's no accounting for that. A lot of those fingerstyle players, Michael Hedges, 1970 or 1971 D28 was his main guitar for many years. And um, you know, those kind of people often played uh, often played dreadnoughts. And um, it's more the the Eric Schoenberg's of Eric Schoenberg's of the world, the ragtime players and stuff. They were the first ones and blues guys, the first ones to really rediscover and popularize the OM and the short scale triple O and um speaking of that Elizabeth Cotton Elizabeth Cotton 0018 uh Martin Carthy 0018 so yeah lots and lots of fingerstyle players certainly play those kind of instruments but many of them also you know other ones play the bigger bodies the dreadnoughts
0: yeah, and to your point about stills and those guys playing D45s and, and big dreadnoughts and fingerpicking, I can't argue with that because it is true, but when I play a Martin guitar here at the store and I fingerpick a dreadnought and then I go and I fingerpick an OM and then I go and fingerpick a short scale double O, the smaller that the guitar gets to my ears, I appreciate the tone more of the smaller guitar because the bass is not overpowering the rest of the voice of the guitar. I wonder how many people listening feel the same way I do, and if you don't, please explain why. It's been very rare that I've played a small body guitar and a bigger guitar fingerstyle and preferred the sound of the bigger guitar in my lap, anyway.
1: Yeah, it, it really depends. I mean, I, I go through phases where I really fall in love with my dreadnought, and and I do like how certain things sound with that bigger bass. But I've always, you know, my my main guitars have always been the auditorium sizes, the OMs and then I went to the short scale, you know, for more for, for my aging hands and all that. But um, but yes, I think um, this is something that I found fascinating that we've gone back to the, the small guitars in popularity. And but I say small guitars, I'm talking less than auditorium size, the grand concerts and the concert size instruments and, and even smaller. And I originally thought it was due to the resurgence of the ukulele and the huge ukulele craze that came out among the younger musicians and, and the uh, you know young acoustic alternative music and, and hipster music and all that stuff. And because of it, people like Ed Sheeran. But I realize that I don't think that's really what it's all about. I think it's all about sound in terms of when the 14 fret guitar was invented, at the beginning of the 1930s, really 1929 to 1928, they were working on those designs. And the first OMS were stamped in latter part of 1930. Immediately, the jazz players, jazz orchestra banjoists that those models were aimed at, which is why they named them orchestra models, immediately took one look at them and, and put their nose up and didn't buy them. And, uh, but the people who did buy them were the radio cowboy stars like Roy Rogers and, and Gene Autry and people like that. And it was because they were on radio and they needed a guitar that projected enough while they're standing in front of an orchestra to be heard. But then, then after the Ditson company went out of business and Martin was allowed to make the dreadnought size under their own name, Gene Autry immediately changed to a Dreadnought for the same reason. He was playing on the radio and he needed something big enough to be heard clearly while he's standing in front of his band or orchestra. And Dreadnoughts were always about volume and it was always about uh, being heard when you're trying to play with fiddles and mandolins and and banjos and and it was, you know, all the way up until uh, they started making the electronic pickups, everybody and the reason Stephen Sills and all those people were playing dreadnoughts is because they needed to be heard and needed to have that you know bass be heard. And finally, after decades of electronic amplification all sounding like you know, lame ducks cracking away, we've gotten to the age where it, amplification has gotten much much better for acoustic guitars and that made it possible to play small bodied guitars again and be heard in big concert situations and and be heard you know in in uh back rooms of bars where bands play and that kind of stuff and i think it was but i suspect it really had to do with the fact that you could play an o and a double o now in public in public performance and and be able to turn it up loud enough that everybody can hear it you know even in a band situation so that's just uh that's just my guess but i i think there's something to that
0: let's pause for a moment and listen to a sound sample of a small bodied martin guitar this is the 018.
1: I think it's great that people are, you know, buying those guitars again. That Martin actually, you know, found it was worth making a 0028 and and to, and to make uh, 14 fret O's again. And that when right now we're still just talking about the standard series, so we haven't even talked about some of the alternatives to this.
0: True. And I should ask you. I mean, in your travels, you and I just came back from Martin Fest. You know, not more than a few weeks ago, and we got to see a lot of our friends and a lot of their Martin guitars. I wonder how many people make the decision to go to a smaller body guitar based on the size and comfort or the tone. Because like you said, you know, in the, this modern day, if a lot of those guys might be playing at home as much as they're playing on stage, when you're playing on stage, you can certainly do anything you want with the equalizer. And if you want to take a look at going from triple O down to double O down to single O, I wonder how many people are basing their decision on the way it sounds and not the way it feels.
1: Um, well and that's a good question i think it's a good question for the listeners um particularly the ones that can respond via youtube um if you own a guitar that's smaller than an om say so that we can include short scale triple in in this question why do you have it and do you have another guitar a larger guitar as well that'd be one question and i'd be curious i think there's also and we all know what this is like there's there's a there's some hard to pin down reasons for this. Um, there's a certain amount of feel. You know what it's like when you're introduced to a guitar that you start playing it and it's a lot of fun to play and and it's bringing music out of you that nothing else has brought out of you before and so forth. There's a lot of big name players who write on small body guitars, even though they don't play small body guitars in concert, let's say. And you know, because again, because of the comfort, maybe that it's easy to take around the house, it's easy to curl up in a chair and play a, an O or a double O. But there's others that, that it's just, you know, that guitar speaks to you and that and it's you, uh, you just enjoy the entire experience. So it's probably not a and or when it comes to size and sound, it's often a combination of the two. We have new ways to look at this now too, thanks to Martin's 16 series of acoustic electric guitars that are designed for on-stage performance, because the dreadnought is, uh, and the grand performance size, and now the grand jumbo size, they all have shallower depths. They're all made with the same depth of a double O or a triple O. And that's a, it's, you know, it's not a revolutionary concept. Martin made shallow bodied dreadnoughts a long time ago uh, in the early amplification era. And then I don't remember when, the 1980s, they briefly tried some uh, wide body squat, you know, shallow sided instruments. But this is a whole new thing with the modern amplification. And they're just more comfortable to play. So some people will buy a D16, either in mahogany or rosewood, because of how it feels as much as how it sounds. And uh, you don't get that big boomy depth to it. But some people like the fact you don't get the big boomy depth. And the new uh grand jumbo 12 string is spectacular again you don't get that deep bottom, bottomless echoey cavern of a jumbo but then that means you don't get the feedback issues that comes with that sort of stuff so I'll tell you you know the new shallow-bodied uh, wide top guitars are uh, are another option and and another way to look at big guitar versus small guitar
0: that's a good point. And if you think that's the only other alternative to going with a small body guitar, you would be wrong because Martin also makes the Little Martin series, as well as the Dreadnought Juniors. And it just gives you so many more ways to go small. Spoon, how much experience do you have with the Dreadnought Juniors from Martin guitar?
1: I've not seen them very often. I, I saw them at Mars Music, of course, And I've seen them here and there. There have been an occasional Martin Fest when somebody's had one. Um, And some of you may remember the size seven Martins that were made uh, briefly in the 1970s that were a mini Dreadnought. And I think it was actually Dick Boak who came up with that. And when he was first designing it, he thought all he had to do was do the math and shrink all the size, everything down to make this mini dreadnought and it didn't work and they didn't sound right and he said uh cf martin the came by and you know asked him what how it was going and he told him and he took one look at it and he said oh well you, ha- you have to do this and it had something to do with where the bracing placement and he knew from his experience of you know something that that has to do with wood and sound and and how it's produced you know more a more phenomenal thing that uh, kind of defied the uh, math, you know, of just taking everything down a certain percentage. And he said, you know, he said, well, you just have to, and it was like, I don't know, it was X brace placement or or, or something like that. Dick can certainly tell you, he'll certainly remember. And all of a sudden it just worked. And so they put out that guitar and it was a novelty guitar. A lot of people didn't, you know, they didn't buy many of them. They even made them, I think, in style 25 or 37 at Koa. Back and Sides, as well as uh, uh, Rosewood. And then years later, Tim Teal revisited that idea and came up with the uh, Dreadnought Jr. And they figured out that they needed to actually change the body shape a little bit to make this, make it sound better than the old size seven Dreadnoughts. But um, I think they're always fun to see on stage when you see somebody that pulls one of those out and plugs it in. And gets, you know, because of modern amplification, you get a nice, really big sound out of them. So, um,
0: <laughs> Yeah, the undersaddle pickup doesn't know that the guitar is little and it just sounds really, really nice.
1: Yeah, it really does. And, and you know, and they're great travel guitars. That's the other thing, too, for people who don't want to switch to a ukulele, um, They you can play either you a know, Mini Martin, which is even smaller, or, or, you know, Dreadnought Jr. And they even have the Triple O Jr. now, too. So uh, that's an interesting question. If anybody uh, is listening to this uh, now or in the future to put down there whether you have owned uh, one of those kind, of those extra small Martins, the Junior or, the, or these uh, really small uh, ones that are in the X series.
0: Yeah, share your comments. We'd love to hear your feedback. And it's interesting because the D Junior, it's slotted right between the O and the double O as far as how big it is. What's really interesting to me is the scale length is an extra short 24 inches.
1: Yeah. So it's definitely a, it feels smaller than it, than it is. And again, if you're going from a full size jumbo uh, dreadnought to that or jumbo, uh, it's, it feels really small. If you're used to playing double O's and triple O's then it doesn't, it doesn't feel that small. It's not a big change to that, but it, but it still looks like a dreadnought. And so that's, you know, part of the, its coolness factor as far as I'm concerned.
0: So before we take the time to put a comparison video together between the Dreadnought Jr. and something like a O, let me ask you, Spoon, if I brought you in here tomorrow's music next week and asked you to work for us for a day and the first phone call you got was somebody asking, should I do a 0018 or a Dreadnought Jr., how would you approach that answer?
1: That's a very interesting question. I would. I might ask them immediately. How big are they in their hands? They consider themselves a small person, because that extra short scale neck is going to make certain things feel uh, crammed together when you get up near the body. If they're mainly playing down in the first position in the the usual C F G D A, you know, B minor chords, then. Um, that, that's a fascinating question because I don't know that guitar well enough to really imagine the sound of it and how, how they would compare sound-wise. So let me throw it back at you. How do you feel they uh, compare tone-wise?
0: Ironically, I think the Dreadnought Jr. has a bass response that might be a little bit warmer. And I really do have to revisit both of these models to, to give an honest answer. But I think the interesting thing from how much I can remember something like a 0018 doesn't sound as I'm going to have a hard time choosing my words here but the bass on the 0018 doesn't wrap around you as much as the bass on a Dreadnought Junior and I don't mean either one of these has bass like like an HD28 would but I think the the overall voice of the guitar from memory might be a more spread out surround sound warmth on the Dreadnought Junior than the 0018 does. And ironically, I wonder how much of that has to do with the extra slinkiness or slack in the strings. Because when you go from a triple O 24.9 scale up to a long scale OM with 25.4, the upper mid-range bark and projection all, all comes into, into play. I think almost like when you take a regular guitar, regardless of what it is, and tune it down a half step and it becomes more mellow and and not bassier, but maybe a little bit bassier and warmer, I think you're getting a warmth out of the Dreadnought Jr. because of the shrunk down scale and of course the shape. It's not just a gimmick or a novelty. The fact that the Dreadnought Jr. is a Dreadnought, even though it's little. I really want to go make that video now to see if I'm right because I I remember really thinking that the Dreadnought Juniors have a warmth and I, I can't really put my finger on exactly why.
1: I think that's fascinating um I, I knew you would have a good answer because you have much more experience with them than i do but yeah the uh the the slack and the strings, that's a very good point that makes them it certainly makes them more interesting to play if not easier to play in in terms of string tension but um but also they it's a it's a unique thing it's a unique sound and it's something that you know people i would say like an o i was going to say this earlier about the o size I would imagine there's some people, you say that some people call you up and they know what they want and they're going to buy an O and they buy an O. I would suspect that a lot of them, it's because they saw one and they, they played one and they knew somebody who had one. And they're like, wow, this is a much bigger sounding guitar than I thought it was. This is much better. This is the real guitar. And I wonder with the Dreadnought Jr. if it's not the same thing. I wonder if they sell themselves because somebody gets to play one and realizes how unique they are. And you know, there's. I, I'm wondering how many people have been listening to this whole thing saying, when are you going to mention the 00L? If I was allowed to answer that question uh, directly, when somebody said, should I get a General Jr or should I get a 00, I was tempted to say, well, actually I'd ask him to consider a 00L because yeah. the double O L was uh, first appeared as the CEO7, which is so popular that uh, Martin has still have never has not retired it. And this is a, a slope shouldered 14 fret guitar. So it's designed clearly inspired by the Gibson uh, size L. But the Gibson size L was itself inspired by Martin's 12 fret guitars. And it has a rounder upper bout, where the shoulders are, where the, where the uh, neck comes out of the body. And so it has a little extra cubic space inside it. And it has a uniquely warm bottom mid-range. It's like this egg of oomph of and warmth. And um, it sounds more that way to the player than the person out in the room, but it's, uh, it is itself a great option for people who like the idea of an O or double O, but really wish they had more base response. And that's exactly what the O uh, L gives you. And Martin has made various models with that from time to time, but most people uh, end up ordering a custom because either uh, they don't want the V-neck on the uh, CO7 or they want special woods and stuff like that. But that's also a very good option. A very good option for somebody who wants to go small, wants to go short scale, but is used to the Dreadnought and Jumbo big bass. So that's uh, that. those are very cool guitars as well.
0: How many people are listening to this program all the way to this point? We talked about 25.4 inch scale length, 24.9, 24 inch scale length, and it's still not the shortest scale length Martin offers. Who's with me? Let's go to 23 inches. And talk about the LX guitars. Do you ever play a little Martin spoon? Oh yeah,
1: of course. I have played little Martins, and I had a friend here that used to play one um, in performance in his band in in New York City. And um, and now, yeah, with COVID stuff, I don't really know uh, what he's up to if he's still playing it. But again, plugging it in, you get you know you can turn it up as loud as you want. You just know you're not going to get the big bass response that you get out of you know bigger guitars, and I know you know a friend who you know bought one for his son. So they're they're good uh, guitars for kids who can't play anything, but I, I you know such a short scale, and you know they're also cool for the ones that have the uh, high pressure laminate for the top that then can have the artwork you know put on it, and some of those uh, guitars are you know more of a novelty but still can look really cool. So yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I suspect Bob's question about small guitars wasn't really talking about going all the way down to a little Martin, but it is an option. And again, as a travel guitar, as a guitar you keep at the cabin, as a guitar you play around the campfire, you know, sort of thing, and you don't want to have to learn how to play a ukulele. That's, you know, that's a a very, very much a legitimate option for people.
0: Oh, yeah, and it's almost a full two inches smaller as far as body depth going backwards from an O. So an O18, if you can picture how little that guitar is, that's still two inches longer in body depth than an LXM. So, again, not entirely sure if Bob's question was really just honed in on the O's and double O's or if people like Bob would like to consider going down to an LXM or something in the Junior Series. But the fact remains, if you thought that Martin only did Dreadnoughts and OMs, especially in 2022, there are so many more options than that. And if we go back to the root of the question, why would you want to buy a smaller Martin guitar? I really want to voice my opinion to say that if I'm finger picking, especially in my case because I have bare finger pads and I don't use finger picks or nails, I need some more clarity on the wound strings. And when I'm finger picking a Dreadnought or even a an M, I really do think that the bass can be a little bit muddy. And if I could play anything, and money wasn't an object, and every, every guitar store had every guitar in stock, I really do think that the smaller the guitar is, the less the wound strings compete, and it's not as overly bassy as a bigger guitar, and I gravitate towards that. I don't know that I go all the way down to a junior or an O, but the double O and triple O really do catch my attention, and that's why I would consider buying a smaller bodied Martin guitar. Can I get your closing thoughts, Spoon, on what you would really say?
1: I would recommend uh, for people who are interested in the topic to go start YouTubing and find some videos. Go, let's go watch, uh, Leon Redbone, find a video of him playing one of his, uh, his 0017 or a small body Gibson, uh, go, go watch Joan Baez singing Sweet Sir Galahad at Woodstock on her 045, you know, start, uh, looking at some of these people, uh, Keith Richards, Main acoustic guitar is a 0021. That's a 12 fret, but still a small body and short scale. Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks, recorded on a 0021. You know, you can find lots of instances of people getting a lot of music out of small body guitars. And I think uh, people shouldn't be afraid to go down uh, small because you are, uh, it also helps, again, hearing those people play them, you're out in front of them. And um, if you get the chance to play one of those guitars, you have to remember all those guitars sound better, including OMs. They sound much better to the listener outside of the guitar than they do to the player. And I think jumbos and Ms and dreadnoughts, it's the opposite. I think they sound better to the player because you're inside that big woofy tone bubble and it sounds more impressive to the player than it does to the listener. Um, not that they sound bad to the listener, obviously, but you don't that that experience does not travel. And I think it's the opposite with an OM or a double O or an O, where the experience of the player is less than the experience of the of the listener because all that's uh, because of their their projection and and how that tone sounds as it comes out over the room. So let's face it, Mari Retsch's main guitar is an OM. My main guitar for all these years was an OM and now it's a short scale, triple O. So, so we're definitely coming from fan of small guitar point of view, um, but I love my Dreadnought. You know, I'll be playing my Dreadnought and this weekend, as a matter of fact, and I'm gonna ha- I have a show with the Highland Shatner's coming up and I need to play the Dreadnought because I'm basically the drummer and the bass player for those for the, those guys so i need that i need that big bass so that's
0: my answer <laughs> i have to say i agree with most of the stuff you were saying as far as the guitar under ear and the guitar out in front and in the spirit of the way we're talking with these small body guitars, not only why would somebody buy a small body guitar, why would somebody listen to a small podcast? This podcast is just about <laughs> over because I think it would be terrible to make this our longest podcast talking about the smallest guitars. I don't know how you feel about that, but.
1: <laughs> well, that's fine. And to be honest with you, it's a beautiful day here and I'm looking forward to getting out in it. A... See
0: ya. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank all of you guys for listening, and if this podcast gave you the thought that you'd like to compare some small body guitars, we have more guitars in stock than we have in quite a long time, taping this in the summer of 2022. If you'd like to see two small body guitars compared specifically, please leave a comment below or email us at support at Marismusic.com. My first thought is I'd like to compare the Dreadnought Jr. to maybe a 0018 or something similar. But if you have a specific recommendation, don't be shy. Let us know what you want to see on YouTube. We'll do everything we can to get the right kind of content out there. From all of us at Maury's Music, thanks for listening. Hear you later. This has been a presentation of Maury's Music, your trusted source for Martin and Blue Ridge guitars. Find us online at maurysmusic.com.